This is Off the Set with James Tolley. It's going to be a quick listen for you today as I welcome in political reporter Joe St. George. He's the DC correspondent for Scripps. That's the company that owns the station where I anchor. We're going to make some educated guesses on the 2020 election. Making some comparisons to the very unusual 2016 election, and we're going to highlight the potential problem with mail-in ballots during the pandemic. And we're not talking about fraud. Here he is, Joe St. George on Off the Set. A couple of weeks ago, the betting lines for the election changed. And I always like paying attention to Vegas odds on anything because there's a lot of minds and a lot of thought that goes into odds. If you, I'm not, not saying you're a betting man. I'm not going to admit whether or not I am either. But what's your gut tell you right now with, I don't know, what do we have, less than 100 days now until the election? Well, I think that it's very hard for someone who has been impacted with their job, with their pocketbook, with their kids' schools, uh, with their health, with a loved one's health, uh, to support the status quo. And that and that has been true throughout American history. It's really hard when things get tough for Americans to go to the ballot box and say, all right, let's keep it going. It's why Herbert Hoover, who was a great legislator and a great lawmaker and very qualified to be president, was doomed because he just happened to be elected in the middle of the Great Depression, right? So it, it, it is that that are the, that those are the wins that are against President Trump as we head in towards the election. That being said, the president can turn it around if he can, in my opinion, give people hope to believe that the next year, the next few months, will be a hundred percent better. And that's his challenge and really his only, I think his, his biggest challenge between now and election day is telling people, I know it's tough now, I know it was tough the last few months, but trust me, it's going to get better. Can he convince enough Americans in enough swing states that message, that that's, that will decide this election or it'll result in Joe Biden being sworn in as the next president of the United States on January 20th. Joe St. George, the Washington, D.C. correspondent for Scripps, joining me here on Off the Set. Now, Joe, the polling numbers obviously heavily favor Joe Biden at this point. I think a lot of people are saying, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, But, you know, in 2016, very similar situation here. And I don't know, I'd like to ask you where you stood exactly four years ago on everything and when you were analyzing a much different looking election god so much different but where did you stand and did you see some things coming did you predict some things correctly well i do the the biggest thing that i've looked at in recent years and and a lot of other politicos in this town criticize me for it but i've always looked at rallies as a measure of support and four years ago who had the better rallies was it was president trump that was a pretty much the only thing that people were giving him credit for during the 2016 campaign but why i think rallies were so significant four years ago is it shows enthusiasm if you're willing to take time off work or time out of your day to travel sometimes hours to see somebody for 40 minutes in an arena um that tells me that that person is more likely when they're speaking at a bar or 
at an event with the friends to try to convince their friend to vote for this guy. And I do think that word of mouth makes a difference in elections. That being said, that was probably the only thing I thought four years ago that would make President Trump the president, right? He was trailing in the polls, just like you mentioned four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, nobody, certainly in the town that I live in, Washington, D.C., thought President Trump could win re-election. And the problem is that there's two issues in trying to predict President Trump. One is that he's traditionally been difficult to pull, to, 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 pull, to test. Um, there's a lot of supporters of President Trump don't don't want it. They don't want to admit their supporters. They don't want to admit their supporters. They're the uh, evangelical church-going uh, individual who may not put President Trump's Make America Great Again hat on, but they're proud of the way he put pro-life justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. There's the businessman, the small business owner, who's not necessarily in love with his rhetoric, but they love the fact that he's committed to cutting regulations for businesses. Um, he has a, a coalition of folks who who don't necessarily brag or report about the fact that they would probably vote for him again. Uh, I was talking with our political correspondent in Michigan uh, a few days ago, and he told me, he reminded me that polling was off in Michigan by five, six percent four years ago. Right. So there's a chance that polling is off by five, six percent again, again this year. And what, what have we as journalists, right, we people in Washington, we made a promise to ourselves, I think four years ago, journalists who cover elections to say, okay, stop listening to just the pundits who appear on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. And I do think there's a lot of truth to that because the, all these folks who appear in the fancy studios in New York City or, or CNN generally live in Washington, D.C. or New York City, and they aren't, they aren't in dare I say, real America, right? The place where I grew up. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. Sure. I, I grew up in York, people. Pennsylvania. I mean, it's small town America. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're not there. They're not in touch so with how people we, really feel in those areas, right? So a lot of us said to ourselves, okay, right? Um, we're going to get out of this bubble. We're going to go to places like York, Pennsylvania. And what has the pandemic prevented us from doing is traveling to the to the to the great deal and i'm not just talking about myself i'm talking about correspondence for all the major networks as well so you're kind of back to 2016 now where we're listening to a few folks in dc and new york because we can't travel to places like york pennsylvania therefore we might not have a true pulse of where things are going on that's what president trump's team would certainly hope is the case uh, President Biden's team says, look, everybody knows what's going on and it's it's not good and it's and it favors uh, Joe Biden becoming president next year. You know, I got to I got to ask this question, though, too. You mentioned about how difficult President Trump is to poll because there are people that just flat out don't want to admit that they're in favor of him. But I wonder this will be an interesting litmus test this upcoming election of how many people possibly went to the polls in 2016 with the let's just give him a shot because he's the outsider he's the businessman and he's going to quote-unquote drain the swamp he's not a political operative doesn't have a he's not a career politician whatever I can go on and on and on describing just what he what he is and what he was before he took office um how many I wonder you know I wonder how many people just pulled the lever and said ah give it a shot because you also you had well, you I had two candidates that you know whether or not you know, polling was accurate or not, they, they, they just weren't, they didn't have very high likability numbers anywhere across the 100%. So, and, and people must, people shouldn't forget that 
the vitriol that some Americans felt towards Hillary Clinton was built up over 30 years of being in the public spotlight, no really since late 1980s. Mm -hmm. the, now, Joe Biden has been in the public spotlight since then, even longer than Hillary Clinton. He was elected a U.S. senator when he was 30, my goodness sakes. But the vitriol towards Joe Biden, at least in the in the polling that we're seeing, is not quite at the levels of Hillary Clinton. So that that goes to your that goes to your point of of whether or not someone can can stand Joe Biden a bit more than than President Trump this election. The back to Biden real quickly, though, I mean, he has been low key. And as you we talked about on the rebound podcast that I do, you said that it's been a winning strategy this summer. You know, less is more has been really effective for him, at least as as the polls show um, so far, it has been good. But, um, you know, he's had a few blunders, too. Um, and I, I think at, at 78 years old at this point, you know, the other side would say that they're really worried about his mental health here moving forward. What do you hear about that? What do you, what kind of numbers do you see on on that kind of thing on that particular topic? Well, the one thing that people don't don't talk about enough of is that Joe Biden, as a child, had a stutter, um, and it's very common amongst men and women who have stutters that as they get older, the stutter returns, uh, and and that. That's the case with Joe Biden, and you can go, if you're listening to this, uh, you can go and Google the articles and read about it. So that right there makes it difficult for um, the Biden campaign and that Trump's going to be able to cut some easy ads involving Joe Biden and, and playing to that narrative. That doesn't necessarily mean uh, that he doesn't have the mental capacity to 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 handle the job. I mean, he was on those debates, debates. Americans saw him debate Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and the, and the whole team for, for months, uh, and he held his own. So um, I think the debate with President Trump, I think Team Trump is, is hoping to expose Joe Biden uh, at that point in time. But this is a guy who knows how to debate. And this is a guy who has done it as recently as a few months ago against Bernie Sanders. So I don't necessarily think that these debates are going to be a a colossal failure for the for the Biden campaign. So those are my two thoughts on 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 that narrative that the Trump administration is going to push out. And, you know, uh, and, and, and the big problem is, Joe, we, we have to talk about this, is that, you know, when these things get posted on social media and you have somebody trying to highlight an issue or, or identify a mental issue with either candidate, it's taken so far out of context. I mean, it's hard, you know, in a 13 second clip that you see, you really needed to have watched the entire interview or virtual roundtable or whatever the heck it was to to make your own educated opinion on these types of things whether or not someone's in the right state of mind you know just seeing right. that's why that's why i think the first debate's going to be so crucial oh, i think it's so going too. to be it, i think it's going to be the most watched debate in american history because it will be the one of only three chances in which the american people will get to chance to see their candidate in an unscripted formula um, Biden isn't going to suddenly be doing rallies in Tampa all of a sudden in the next few weeks, right? It will all come down to these these debates. I honestly think, I honestly think they will. 
All right. Well, I was hoping you could at least, you know, handicap this or give your own betting line on what you think is going to happen election night. But there's a whole lot more. And that's the other thing, too. There's a whole lot more, Joe, that, that's going to that's going to come down and going to happen. I mean, you mentioned the possibility right. there could be a vaccine drop two weeks before there could be, you know, the, the National Health Organization, the World Health Organization, excuse me, could could downgrade it from a pandemic. You know, it'd be cra- crazy things could happen. Crazy things could happen. Crazier things have happened in American politics. Um, and you know the Trump campaign is trying to have an, an ace in their, in their sleeve or ace up the hole, whatever the expression is. Uh, they want that ready to go come up. Yeah, for sure. An ace in the hole, I think, is what it is. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just going to bring up uh, the, the one, one more thing, and that is that, yeah, all these things could happen. But you mentioned that, you know, a lot of mail-in ballots this year, most likely, and some states are putting them out. You said after right around Labor Day. Is that right? Yeah, September 4th, I think, is where North Carolina is mailing out some of their ballots. So, you know, the election is weeks away for some people, right? Because when you get that ballot, there are people that may see an interview from one of the candidates that day. Yeah and make up their mind and return it. And once you fill it out, unless you go request another ballot or go through that process, that's your vote. So we will have Americans deciding their vote for president in a matter of weeks now, almost days now, if you, if you, whenever, this, whenever this drops. I mean, it, it is approaching, uh, it is approaching that. That's a danger, and, that and seems like Trump such a dangerous game to play though. That, it, really, it really does, getting it, getting it in people's hands that early when there's a whole lot more that has to develop especially this year you know when you said the debates it's might the be art, later it's the art of mail-in ballot. it's the art of mail-in balloting uh, like i said I, I was a political reporter in colorado for five years their ballots are mailed out generally the first week in october and people stop start voting the second week in october now some voters like to hold on to their ballot until the last few days because they believe it's their civic duty but you also have people who've made up their mind yeah, and are not going to change. They're scribbling it down and getting it done and send it, drop it in the mailbox, too. And that's and I think that's where things could get interesting. Joe St. George, thanks so much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, brother. Big thanks to Joe for carving out some time for me today. Remember, I'm putting full video versions of this podcast on my YouTube channel. That's James Tully Ice on YouTube. I'm also throwing video clips and even the full versions of it on my social media pages like Twitter and Facebook. That's James Tully TV. Remember, as always, new episodes drop every single Friday. Thanks for subscribing and listening. We're back again next week.